the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. As we continue our series on people of faith from Hebrews chapter 11, we look into the first Passover and the parting of the Red Sea. The main reading is Exodus chapter 12. Amen. So our verse, our verse tonight, we are going through the chapter of uh, Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter. We were looking at Moses and we're still with Moses. Uh, verse 28 and verse 29. Although 29 is the people, not Moses, but we'll see how we that in a moment. By faith, faith again, what causes us to do, changes our character, changes our behavior, changes our attitude, changes the way we listen and obey and disobey sometimes. Um, by faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel by faith. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. So Moses, um, as we saw, lived by faith, his parents beforehand. Now he's living by faith, he's grew up in faith, and he's, he's come to the point where the Lord has struck down uh, Egypt. And, uh, and, and of course, we, we can read the plagues as quite general, but as we know, the Bible is very specific. God is a specific God. He's challenging and, and uh, judging every specific God of Egypt. I've got a list of them here. We won't go through them all, but the Nile, obviously, that was one of their gods, the spirit of the Nile, and of course, the, uh, the source, that was everything, the frog. Well, they had a frog head, a headed frog god. Um, uh, what was he called? Happy. Or hecked. <laughs> well, he always looks happy, a frog, doesn't he? Yeah, white mouth frog. That's right, yeah. Um, the, the lice, that's the earth god. Um, the flies, the fly god, the air. I didn't go through them, but everyone was a specific god that God was saying to them, these are not gods at all. There is only one true and living God. And of course, ultimately, he challenges Pharaoh, because what is Pharaoh? He, he was God in that country, wasn't he? And uh, the first thing he said was what? Um, who is this God? I haven't heard of him, and I don't care about him. But at the end of the end of the uh, few days, a few weeks probably, more than a few weeks, 40 days they reckon, um, uh, things will change. Let's just make sure we, we're right there. Numbers 33. Numbers 33, verse 33 and 4. The Israelites set out from Ramesseed on the 15th day of the first month, the day after the Passover. They marched out definitely in full view of all the Egyptians who were burying all their firstborn. And the Lord had struck down among them, for the Lord had brought judgment on their gods. God had brought judgment on their gods. Again, again, in, in that judgment, it was a declaration of God is an awesome God. But he, he's not to be trifled with either, isn't he? Uh, now, of course, we talked on Sunday about fatherhood. Well, of course, there's, there's that double-edged sword of father. The father should, should show authority, isn't it? And when father says, Oi, that's enough. Well, in our house, that was enough. That was, uh, that was, that was it. You knew when to stop, didn't you? You knew when to push the button. And, and you know, that, that's, he, he said, look, I'm, that's it. It's interesting that um, those judgments carried through and... Um, uh, thankfully, people in those days had a great regard for history. 
These days we don't. We forget our history very quickly. We forget how, God, how good God's been to us as a nation. We have godless people in control who have forgotten that uh, we are in, in such a blessed place because we had great men and women in Parliament, in, in our society, that were godly. You can, you can go through them. We've looked at some of those over the years. Um, but these were, these were good people of history. Because uh, the Bible says that interesting story about uh, when Eli and Samuel were, was, was the judge and they, they captured the ark. Now remember, this, this was about 400 years after these plagues. 400 years after. And um, the Philistine says, Oh, we're in trouble here. This is the God that destroyed the Egyptians. And then in verse chapter 6, 1 Samuel 6, he says, uh, These are the priests of the Philistines. Do not harden your hearts like the Egyptians. Because you know what happened to them? He said, get the ark back, give it back quickly. We don't want it here because obviously judgment would come upon them, didn't it? Um, so it's amazing that that incident, the plagues, uh, was a reminder of this, this, this is the true God. And that's, you know, hundreds, hundreds of years later. But we have this, this interesting, by faith, um, God comes up with this plan of, of protecting the Israelites. And again, everything in the Old Testament is a shadow and a foretaste of what's happening in the New Testament. He's always, he was, that, that's, that, we call it the scarlet thread, don't we? Right through the, the Word of God. Uh, the Lord is, is out to not just create us, but to redeem us because we have fallen away. Um, and so th there's that scarlet thread right through it. And he comes up with this, uh, what we call the Passover. Of course, they still celebrate today. Not as it did then. They've added lots of things to it. We've looked at that again before. But ultimately, it was to take a lamb, unblemished, uh, unbroken, and shed his blood. And then, by faith, to put the blood over the lintels and the doorposts. That's interesting, isn't it? You're thinking, uh, now that takes some faith because you, they, they would have thought that's a bit ghoulish. Well, in our society, a little bit in their society, that's a little bit ghoulish, isn't it? Chucking blood on your doorposts and your lintels. Uh, but again, it's listening to what the Lord is saying, being obedient. Uh, but thankfully, um, as, as the type is there, we see Jesus coming. We see Jesus coming. And um, the first thing we notice is that John says this, John 1, 29. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's why, you know, again, it, this is not anything, when the Lord said, now I want you to take a one-year-old lamb, unblemished, mm -hmm. it's the blood. He said, that he, he's very specific, because Jesus is going to come unblemished, untarnished, Again, not one of his bones would be broken, and he would be fully. And he said, "Don't, don't eat it raw. Don't come. It must be roasted, absolutely given over, like the burnt offering, where everything is given and everything is 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 left on the altar, it's burned on the altar." He said, "I want, I want this absolutely raw, given over." And Jesus, what did he do? He gave himself fully, didn't he? Not my will, but your will be done, Lord. And uh, Paul takes this up and really hammers this point home. Uh, 1 Corinthians 5, 7-8. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as ye are, are an leaven. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice or wickedness, um, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Again, leaven there is, is always something to do with sin, corruption. 
And he said, no, get rid of it. He said, because when the Lord comes, there's change. Get rid of that. And of course, he, he specifically of malice and what's the other word he uses there? Get rid of that. And of course, the Passover, the blood on the door, so we'll look at the blood in a moment. Uh, eat the lamb, which was obviously Jesus. And we have to partake of him, uh, receive him into our lives. And he, he picks it up in, in John 6, doesn't he? Eat, eat my body, eat my, drink my blood. Of course, again, people have misunderstood that, misconstrued that. Mm. Of course, and he said these are spiritual words, not physical. And that's why the mass is, is, is blasphemous because they, they say Jesus wasn't even talking about communion at that moment in time. Unleavened bread, of course, corruption, the leaven, out it has to go. Um, and then to eat it with bitter herbs. Now, they still do this, bitter herbs. And uh, that is to remind them of the slavery of the world, slavery of Egypt. Mm. And we also, you see, we, 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 the devil would lie to us and say, oh, much better out there, much better there. You'll be, you'll be much better off out there. You'll be having a better time out there. But he said, no, you remember in Egypt, because they said it themselves, didn't they? Mm. Oh, if we were back there, we had cucumbers and myths and that. They're lying too, that's a lie, isn't it? But again, it's amazing how we go through a difficulty. We see with rose-tinted spectacles. And he said, now, every time you do this, every year, bitter herbs, remember what it was like to be in slavery in the world. You see, we must remember, you see, that gives us a spring in our set, what we were saved from. What we were saved from. Um, the corruption, where would we, we said on Sunday, where would some of us be without the Lord today? Dear mm. me, I dread to think. Dread to think where we would be without the Lord. Bitter herbs. And also, he said, you eat it in haste. You eat it with, with your, with your um, uh, belt tucked in and your, your, sh your shoes ready. You're ready to go. You're ready. And again, that's a picture we've been looking at over the last few, few, few months of being ready. You see, we're ready to go. This is not our home. We're ready to go home. Isn't it? We're ready to go. We're ready. We're, we're anticipating. Um, sad thing is, many people, even us, sometimes we, we, we anchor down here, we put our foundation here, put our investments here, and the Lord says, you aren't taking anything with you, Dave. What are you doing? Get into the kingdom. Get your eyes on eternity and live that out. Of course, what that does then, it gives us a zeal to tell, tell people about the Lord. To say, look, you know, Eternity's on, on its way. Are you ready? Are you prepared for eternity? So all that picture there uh, of the Passover by faith was, again, pointing to Jesus, pointing to what was going to happen to us. And ultimately, it was the blood, wasn't it? It was the blood that protected them. It was the blood that saved them. And uh, that's an amazing thing about blood. Uh, back in Leviticus, three and a half thousand years ago, the Bible tells us in Leviticus 17 and very clearly, the life of the body is in the blood. Now, we know that now. You know, that was be, of course it is, Dave. But it doesn't go, you don't have to go back too long, just the Middle Ages, where the doctor said, oh, he's, not, he's not good. So what we'll do with him now, we'll, that, it must be that blood that's causing the problem. Let's bleed him. And of course, he said, we got a good, after losing a couple of pints, he got a nice complexion there. A bit whiter now. And you get a four and five pints, he said, you got a lovely complexion, he's gone now. And uh, because they didn't read God's word. And it took, listen to this, um, again, told this before, 1628, a man named William Harvey uh, discovered and uh, proved the circulation of the blood. 1628. What did the Lord say? Three and a half thousand years ago? 
The life of the body is in the blood. Now, the Bible is not a science book, is it? But when it declares something, you can believe it. You can trust it because he knows what he's talking about. And so the blood, it, we understand blood is life. Blood is an amazing thing. It, it, where blood is, it brings life. It takes out the toxins. Amazing. Hey, you cut the blood off to a, a portion of your body and it won't last long. It won't last long. It dies because it need, blood is needed. So blood is life. Life. And uh, when we talk about blood, Jesus knew that. Again, it was, the, it was a sign to come. Right back in the Garden of Eden, when they tried to do a DIY job, didn't they? They messed up. Guilt came in. Fear came in. What should we do? Let's cover up. So they got some figs, leaves and whatever. But that wasn't... You see, when sin is, is pronounced, someone's got to pay the price. See, God's economy is life for life. See, life for life. So, you know, when people say capital punishment, absolutely. Because Bible says if you take a life a forethought willingly... Your life should be taken because the Bible is very clear. It says the blood, the blood shed innocent blood, pollutes the land, and uh, even in Genesis four, what does the Bible says the blood of your brother is crying out from the land. Uh, Numbers says the the uh, shed blood pollutes and defiles the land. We're on we're on polluted land. We're on defiled land because we've killed. I can't remember the last figure, over 10 million, haven't we? Since the 67, when it was defiled land, shed blood. And uh, uh, God, God, he hates it, and he knows someone's got to pay the price. But blood is the one that protects. So let's have a little look at the bit about the blood that uh, was there in the Passover, of course in creation, <coughs> account as well, but then Jesus was coming. Uh, 1 Peter 1, 17, 19. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver or gold, from the aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Again, Passover pointing towards Jesus coming. And it's, again, the gospel speaks to the heart of all these different things, isn't it? We have a, we have a world today where uh, people, especially our children, uh, have no value of themselves, insecure, self-esteem, all those kind of things, which uh, sometimes you can go overboard on. But ultimately, the Bible says you've been purchased, not by silver or gold, something you can quantify, but by the precious blood of the Lamb. That's how precious we are to him. Precious. We were purchased. What was the, our purchase price? How much would we pay? Pay for me if I was a slave. We were talking earlier. Not a lot, because I've got not a lot of work to be done now, would I? Give you an hour and that'll be my aching. And, yeah. So, yeah, pretty cheap. But what does the Lord think? What is the Lord's price? He purchased us with the blood. Uh, nine, Hebrews 9, 1922. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people, according to the law, he took the blood of cows and of goats, with water and scarlet wood, wool and hyssop, and sprinkled both with the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood 
both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. See, that's God's system, that's God's way of doing it, because he understands, and that shows how serious sin is. Again, we, we minimise it, we say, oh, it's a mistake, I, I've slipped up. No, no, no. God, in his, his infinite wisdom, sees the eternal effects of sin. That's why he said to Eve, what have you done? That simple disobedient act and the whole of creation fell, didn't it? Whole, everything fell. And we minimise sin and uh, we, we're good at, we don't minimise sin in others, of course we say, oh, they're terrible people. But when it comes to ourselves, well, it was, you've got to know my circumstances, see? I, you know, I was, that, that's how I was built, that's how I made, you know, it was their fault, it was their fault. And, and we minimise my sin, but the Lord says, no, no, do that. He's very clear, isn't he? He says, if your hand goes into sin, he's very serious with sin. Why? Because he sees the effect of it. And we, we, we're not unblinded, we turn your TV on tonight, what's the effect of sin? We look around the world, glory be. Um, people being murdered, wars, rumours of wars, you know, this, that, and the other. Sin. And uh, it's a high price to pay, a real high price to pay, a redemption price that the person has to be a, a blood relative and has to pay the, 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 uh, the appropriate price. That's why Jesus had to be incarnated, and that's why the price had to be purity. Did no sin, had no sin, uh, was, was without sin. Um, but, he, yeah, but with the blood, there comes cleansing and remission. Remember the word remission is not just forgiveness, is it? Now forgiveness is good, uh, but it means deliverance from. It means ascending away of sin. And that's what we've got to be careful. And it does grieve me when people say they are really saved Christians, but persist in their sin. Now, we all have issues that we've got to work through. But it does bother me where there's a persistence and a real lack of depth and change in lives. Because when Jesus comes in, uh, although we, have, we trip up, we do hate it, don't we? Yeah. Oh dear, when we mess up, when we say something, when we've done something, dear me, there's, a, there's a, such a weight of conviction upon us. And, and we've got to be careful then the devil doesn't turn that into condemnation. But there's, there's a conviction. Oh Lord, come on, how dull am I sometimes? Um, so there's a release from that, and there's a cleansing. Hallelujah! We are cleansed only by this particular uh, uh, by the blood. One John one five to ten. This is a message we've heard from him and declare to you: God is light; in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, and he is the light. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. Very clear, isn't it? I, I, again, we told this before, John's an old man, he's not pulling any punches in, this is it. The blood of the Lamb cleanses us from all sin, but you've got to confess. See, forgiveness is not automatic, is it? It's dependent on me seeing I need a saviour, seeing I need uh, forgiveness, seeing I need cleansing. But there's a cleansing, there's a purifying, washing as white as snow. Um, that's, a, that's a beautiful picture, because we're going to come down as the bride of Christ. And... Uh, been to a few weddings in the last few years and the bride of course it's immaculate isn't it 
But if she just came and, and something tipped over her dress just before she, she came down the aisle, oh, it would be disaster, wouldn't it? Or if the night before, a, a, a zit, a, a boil, I should say, turns a zit, uh, started growing on her nose, oh, although with makeup these days it can cover kind of, um, it would be disastrous, wouldn't it? But the Bible says you will be cleansed, unspotted, unblemished. That's what he's looking for us, isn't he? Because we're his bride. We're his bride. So there's the blood of the Lord, redeemed, justified, forgiven, cleansed, um, uh, life one. The, 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 the verses that uh, uh, Prime Minister Sunak read uh, from Colossians 1 in the coronation, look, pray for him. That word that he read will save him. He needs saving now because everything's up in the air and it's gone pear-shaped. Everything's gone down. The, he, he needs salvation. So we pray for those words that he read. Um, peace through the blood, sanctified by the blood, white as the snow, and because the blood has been shed, listen to these verses, we read them many, many times in communion. Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10, 19 to 22. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he has consecrated for us, through the veil that is to say his flesh, and having him a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And that's why we have liberty, boldness, and, it, and I've told you the word before, it means frankness, candidness in the Lord's presence. That's amazing, isn't it? As we said before, None of us, or maybe one or two of us, may be invited to the, I can say the Queen's not the Queen anymore, King's Tea Party, and uh, we probably won't see him or talk to him. We'd like to talk to him. Um, uh, and we, we'd only talk when we talk to him, wouldn't we? And, and we've been told this is how you behave in front of the King, and you, you don't gabble on. And you, The Bible says, because the blood is shed, draw near. Draw near with boldness. Remember these two the Hebrew people, and they understood the Holy of Holies was one man, once a year, that was it. But he said, now it's open. That, he said, why do you want to go back to the old covenant when this new covenant gives us access because the blood that was shed and everything had to be cleansed by blood, everything was sprinkled with blood in the Old Testament, but it was the blood of bulls and goats and, and animals that could only just, like a tablecloth, cover the table. The stain was still there. But when Jesus came, he took the tablecloth off and removed the stain. He said, that's, I think it gives you access. So the blood of Jesus brings us right near. And that's why he said it has to be applied. Where? To the entrance of your life. To the doorpost and lintels of the heart. Has to be applied to the entrance of your life. Uh, otherwise, it won't be effective. The, the, the death angel will come up and say, no blood. No blood. No blood. And the blood, the Bible says, we read it, didn't we? Um, the blood... Uh, would stop the firstborn, destroy the firstborn, would not touch the firstborn of Israel. Um, amazing. Blood, the blood, by faith. And again, as I sit and wonder that they were taught, told to do that, I wonder what they thought. And then I wonder if everyone did it. If everyone in Israel actually did what they were told. That'd be interesting to know, wouldn't it? Bible doesn't tell us that, um, but uh, knowing their hearts, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure a few didn't. 
but again, that's something we, we can you know, uh, wonder about. But he said, without the blood, there would be no protection. He wouldn't pass over. He couldn't pass over because the blood was the protector. The blood was the one that stopped the judgment of God. Why? Because a, blood, a life had been given. And that's a great picture, isn't it? Judgment of God is taken from us. We deserve it, of course, but the Lamb of God has taken our judgment for us. And we have applied that blood that he shed to our lives. Bless the Lord. We deserve the wrath of God. And the Bible says very clearly, doesn't we? If we don't believe in him, the wrath of God remains on us. John 3, 36, I think. Um, but then we see, we see the next, by faith. By faith, um, I, again, I thought, Moses. No, 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 listen to this. By faith, the people. Ooh, bless the Lord. You see, wonderful when we see faith activated in our lives. It activates faith in others, didn't it? really does. Well, a testimony is great. We talked about testimony earlier. A testimony stirs us up, doesn't it? Oh, look at that. They, they believe God and this is what God did for them. Whoa, I can, I can trust the Lord. Then. If he did that for them, he can do it for me. So the people, the Bible says, by faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. When the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. They were drowned. At Exodus 14, 13 to 16. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward, and lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Yeah. Again, amazing, amazing picture. See the salvation of a God. Remember, salvation is multifaceted. And we we'll see what this is. Again, this is a type. He's redeemed us. Now he's going to save us. And he's going to destroy those things in the, the Egyptians, the world. It's going to be destroyed now. Um, but salvation. I always remember um, <laughs> people saying, oh, this was a reed sea. Well, it might have been a reed sea. Um, and it was not too deep. I always remember uh, reading a lovely story about a, a preacher who didn't believe in, in miracles. He was there in the, um, in the church. Yes, this wasn't, it was only a reed sea, and um, it was only about 18 inches deep, and one old lady's going, bless the Lord, amen, amen. And um, he said, and of course he was getting annoyed, because he, he was trying to say, well, you know, that's why they didn't get drunk. Well, he said after, he said, she said, well, bless the Lord, she said, because the Lord drowned all them Egyptians in 18, 18, 18 inches of a sea, he said. Because uh, either way, either way, it's a mighty miracle. If it, were, if it was shallow, they, they got drowned. But the Bible's very clear, on dry ground. Now, there was, a, there was an east wind, came. And that's a big, you know, you're talking about two million people. You just work it out. You know, think about how long that they get through in the night. It's a wide area that the Lord did. But he said, look, and I love the Lord. He said, what are you mourning about, Moses? Get and tell him to move forward. Come on, he said. I see the salvation of God. It is amazing how quickly we forget. The Lord had just done 10 amazing plagues in over just a, a month or so. They had seen that. And God had protected him from seven of them. 
isn't he? He protected it. The, the plays came, then he distinguished between Goshen and Egypt. Very, and that's a, a miracle in itself. Yet now you said, come on, I'm, gonna, I, I'm, I'm here, I'm with you. Salvation. Um, and that's a, a great powerful picture that God wants to not just save us, but to deliver us from the world. Deliver. Egypt is the world. And uh, he wants to take us through, take us through. So when the Bible says they came to the other side, the next day they saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Mm-hmm. Now, the Lord wants to deliver us. Now, there are things in our life that need shifting, need to be gone. Now, the Lord wants to deliver us from that. Now, there's a process here because you say, well, why weren't they delivered? Because... There's, a, there's an ongoing process. The Bible says the old man is dead, but the old nature is still, still kicking around because he says, be transformed. And if you just read a bit about the Egyptians, they were delivered from Egypt, but their hearts were still back in Egypt. So there's a renewal, an ongoing transformation needs to be going on, a renewing of our mind. Uh, because we are prone to go back, aren't we? But the Bible is very clear that deliverance is ours, release is ours. Um, uh, John 16, 32-33. The time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered each to your own home. You will not leave me all alone, yet I am not alone to my Father, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things, so that in me you have peace in you, in the world. You have trouble, but I take heart, I have overcome the world. Yeah, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, because he's overcome the world. And who's are we? His. He's overcome the world. I like the word, uh, the, the verse that said, the Bible says, you will call on me and you will reign in life. Sometimes we let life get on top of us, don't we? And we are prone to that. Um, but the Bible says, no, 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 come on. Remember whose you are. Ah, you will reign in life. You will be on top of those. Uh, um, um, Habakkuk said, I will, like a deer, I will walk on my high hills. I will walk upon them. Now you will have hills and you'll have the mountains to climb, but you'll walk upon them. Why? Because he said, previous verses, the Lord is my strength, my everything, my shalom, my all in all. And because he is, I will, he said, I'll praise you when there's no cattle there. When the enemy, enemy comes in, he said, I'll praise you uh, because you, you were with me. So there's, there's victory in him. Bless her. 1 John 4, 1 to 4. Dear friends, do, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you, you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. There we are, so verse, just sing that to me. The one that is in you is greater than he is in the world. And he, he what did he do? He protects us. Protects from deception. There's a lot of deception about. More than ever before. And uh, people will knock your door. And, and I'm amazed. I, 
because he'd, be, he'd talk, I've talked to the Celts for many years, and uh, Joe was witness. And I would say, oh, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And <coughs> 20 years ago, you 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 would st uh, you stop in the first port. And go, oh yeah, we believe that. Believe it. And uh, you know full well they don't. But you only got to pin down G. What do you think of Jesus? See, that's the the, the essence of, of a cult. What do you think of Jesus? And the essence of a church as well. You know, just go and say, well, who is Jesus? What do you think he is? Uh, how valuable is his word? Do you really trust his word? Because uh, they say, well, he didn't actually mention that. I didn't comment on that. And that's not always true, is it? Not always true. And some things he didn't have to comment on because he, he, he upheld the Old Testament. The Bible says when he, he talked to those two men, going back to Emmaus, he took, he took them through the Old Testament, giving credence and validity to what they already believed. Um, so there's victory in him. Let greater is he that is in us than he's in the world. 1 John 5, 1 to 4. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God to keep his commandments. And his commandments are not um, a burdensome for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is uh, the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So there's victory. Victory what? Because we have faith. Faith in who? Because it isn't faith in us. Faith in faith is faith in Jesus. When we understand who he is, understand what he's done, hallelujah, remember, he's redeemed us. But he's taken us through on dry ground and the enemy is going to come behind us but he's going to die he's going to be defeated if you just to say in christ in christ we have we were dead now we're alive but where's our position our position is in heaven remember uh, we're seated in heavenly realms that's your position don't forget it now, the outworking of that is practical, isn't it? Because the Bible says, work out that which Christ has put in you. So there's that, that balance that we know who we are, but we've got to live like it and live in it and live from it. Um, but this is also a picture, the Bible says, of baptism. Baptism. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 to 4. For I do not want you to do be ignorant of the fact Brothers, that our forefathers were all under the cloud, and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock Again, so this is a, again a type of baptism. Let's read this to finish so we can get a picture. The baptism is, uh, again, it's just an outworking of what's happening inside. Dying to ourselves, but living for Christ. Dying to the world, dying to my ways. Egypt is gone. He said, you'll never see him again. Got to put it behind you. And you're living, you're living in faith, following Moses. And of course, that's just a type of Jesus, isn't it? Uh, Romans 6. 3-12. Oh, do you not know that as many of us were 
baptized into Christ Jesus. We're baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through the baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in a new newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be driven slaves, sorry, slaves of sin. For we who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we die with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ has having been raised from the dead dies. No more death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died his died to sin once for all, but that his that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey it in his in it sorry obey it in its last yeah that's it, yeah that's it 12 verse yeah. yeah lovely very clear isn't it there's a death and a, and a resurrection we in christ we die with him <clears throat> that we are living not for ourselves anymore living for him. but it's again we have that balance because then he says now consider Reckon yourself dead to sin. There's an ongoing work where we have to, uh, we, our position is in Christ, but uh, outworking of that. See, they were out of Egypt. Egypt was no longer there. They were dead, but their hearts needed changing, an ongoing change. They needed ongoing faith. Faith is ongoing, of course. And he said, now reckon yourself. It's a, it's a mathematical term. It's, it's to practice and to reckon and to be absolutely certain that because I'm in Christ, the whole man is gone. Death to sin. My way is gone. And that's not working, isn't it? So there's our lovely picture. By faith, blood redeems, saves. Then, by faith, we are leaving the world behind. The old man's gone. We're dead, dead on the seashore. Oh, Lord, help us. Then we are moving on. We're walking in into the promised land, as we come to next week, where Joshua walks in and uh, has some uh, very interesting battle plans. 
which we will well, probably, we need faith for those. But this was faith, isn't it? Put the blood on the lintels and the doorposts, because that'll protect you. Bless the Lord. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org. Thank you.